Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Last week was a busy one for David Quedel. He's a reporter who covers high school sports for stltoday.com, and his work appears in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. So on Tuesday, he was calling Cardinal Ritter College Prep to let school officials know he planned to publish a story about a football player at the Catholic school taking to the field while ineligible. The next day, he was reporting that St. Louis Public Schools had terminated Roosevelt High School athletic director and head football coach Trey Porter. And then last Friday... Cardinal Ritter announced that its entire football staff had been, quote, permanently released by the school. Joining us in studio to discuss these exciting developments is David Quedal. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Sarah. I appreciate it. For those of you listening, what do you make of the high school football coach drama in St. Louis these past couple weeks? What do you think should happen at Roosevelt? And what about Cardinal Ritter? Ritter, you can give us a call at 314 314- 382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. David Quito, let's talk about Cardinal Ritter first. What happened there? Well, it came to my attention that they may have played an ineligible player. Um, his young man's name is Bill Jackson. He was ejected from the Class Three state championship game in 2018. And the penalty for being ejected from any game is you have to sit out your next game. So because it was the end of the season, that rule still applies for the next season. So he was ineligible for the week one game in uh, suburban Chicago against the number one team in Chicago, Nazareth Academy. Well, photographic evidence showed that young Mr. Jackson did not sit out that game. He was listed as a different player. He wore a different number and played that game. Um, he came. He was eligible for week two, which was the East St. Louis Gateway Scholars Classic, it's a big showcase, four games in a day, big to do. They played Lutheran North, another high-powered local team, and he wore his traditional number four that game. So he knew he wasn't supposed to play this one game, it appears. Everyone knew he was not supposed to play this one game. So tell me, why would they risk so much by putting him in anyway? Was this an indispensable player? They needed to win this game? What What do you think could have been going on? Um, I've... I've heard what Coach Brandon Gregory has offered as an explanation to this, and I will let those stand on their own. However, um, I have to tell you there is no postseason implications. In Missouri, you don't have to win every game to get into the playoffs. You can lose all your games, and you still get a chance at the playoffs in the way the Missouri postseason works. So there was no implications there. They're a very talented team. They were rated the number one team in, in the area when this happened. They're the number one team in the state and the number one team in the nation, according to a small school in the nation, I should say, according to Max Preps. Uh, their quarterback threw for 54 touchdowns last year. He was back. They have a star wide receiver who's a sophomore who has more than 20 Division One college scholarship offers. A, senior defensive end just committed to Arizona State. I mean, they are a loaded small school high school football team. And, and they, they, they didn't need to use They him. could have lost this game without knocking themselves out, you're saying. this is this There was, was no onus to win this game <laughs> from a postseason perspective. From it, 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 I don't know why. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Well, we've got a clip from Bill Jackson's mother. That's the mother of the player who suited up for a game that he wasn't supposed to play. Her name is Cher Allen, and here's what she told KSDK's Morgan Young. My son made a bad choice, a bad mistake. How the mistake occurred and who encouraged the mistake, I don't know. Who do you believe is responsible for this? Adults. Allen also says she questions the timeline. You see, the game was played the last day of August. An investigation into Jackson was prompted in mid-October. 
a month and a half later. This information was strategically put out to cause harm. Strategic or not, harm has been done. The entire coaching staff fired, the season forfeited. Uh, that's Cher Allen, and she was talking to KSDK's Morgan Young. David, she brings up the, the question of timing on mm -hmm. this. Um, I know you can't give up any of your undercover sources, but why any sense of why this is coming out now as opposed to right after this game? Well, I didn't go looking for Bill Jackson. Mm -hmm. I was told Gardner would have played another ineligible player. Okay. I did not have photographic evidence of that other player. Okay. Um, but when I went to look for the other player young Mr. Jackson was staring me in the face. Interesting. So nobody was trying to stir up trouble for this kid, but the fact that he ended up doing this ended up coming to light. Well, after the report came out, I was made aware of an email that had been circulating locally that, that was making the claim that hmm. young Mr. Jackson had in fact played illegally. But my first, my, my first indication was uh, it was another player that I have not been able to confirm, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the pictures, and they list him as freshman Marvin Burks, and he's very physically developed because he's been in the weight room for three years. He's not a he, freshman. He's not a freshman, and he has a, a right arm full of tattoos, which is what we use to match him up to the week two game when he wore his regular number. Wow. it's I mean, it's so fascinating, and it sounds like the reporting process on this must have been pretty fascinating, too. It, it, was, it was interesting because, it, because if you're going to be this nefarious – it, there are certain steps I would thought they would have taken, like to cover his tattoos. Or uh, as I was researching, Marvin Burks is a real is a real young player. I mean, he is a okay. real freshman on the team. I mean, he's become a bit of a of a punchline nationally as the story has gone, which is just absolutely awful. Yeah, not fair to him. Not at all. But he he made a play in that game. I mean, the quarterback for the Nazareth team threw four interceptions last year as they won the state championship. He's one of the top-rated high school quarterbacks in the country, and hmm. he was back. Well, he threw five interceptions against Cardinal Ritter. One of the players to make an interception was freshman Marvin Burks, hmm. which are we had a stringer cover the game, which is why we had photos and a story. He asked the coach, hey, man, number four is not on the roster. Who's this guy who made an interception on this really great quarterback? Oh, that's freshman Marvin Burks. So the coach flat out lied. He told him this was really Marvin Burks, but the roster listed 24, who we yeah. know now is Bill Jackson, as Marvin Burks. So our reporter didn't think yeah. a thing about it when he got to write his story. He just assumed there was two kids on the roster named Marvin Burks, or one of them was a misprint. So he just went with what coach told him about the young man who made the interception, which was true. And that is that young man's highlight from that game. All the, all the kids who want to get recruited, they make videos and put them online of their highlight tapes. Well... Um, a bit, uh, Marvin Burke's highlight is making that interception on the Nazareth mm -hmm. quarterback. That's the only highlight he has from that game. And now he's kind of being drugged into all of this. It's very unfortunate. Now, if Cardinal Ritter, Ritter hadn't taken action in the wake of your contacting them with this photographic evidence, um, what do you think would have happened? Would the Missouri State High School Activities Association have likely imposed similar sanctions or... I don't know. I can't speak to that. Uh, I do know that their bylaws give them a wide latitude of things to do, including canceling or suspending a team from the association, you know, uh, you know, they for, uh, prohibiting them from playing in the playoffs, those types of things. Um, but the other part of this is the archdiocese was involved because Cardinal Ritter is a Catholic institution in town, and they, and they weighed in, and that is part of why the penalty is 
is what it is. As hard as it is. Okay. Now, the situation is very different over at Roosevelt High School. You first reported that Coach Trey Porter had been terminated. Um, what do we now know about what he supposedly did wrong? Well, uh, Coach Porter wasn't comfortable talking about it with me, but he talked about it in other places on, on, on other media about he had violated the school district's social media policy, and he has said he did that in an effort to keep in constant contact with his student-athletes. As we know, the city has it's been very hard for young men, young African-American men in particular. And the, the football season began with a shooting in the vicinity of the Soldan Jamboree. So mm-hmm. in an effort to communicate with his, his kids, he, he, went through the social, he went through social media. And that has since been the justification for his termination. Now, the St. Louis Public Schools has not commented on this publicly. So they don't talk about personnel matters publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is what he has said. Okay. We're talking to David Quedal. He is a reporter uh, for stltoday.com. His work is also published in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And we're talking about the situation involving two different coaches, one at Cardinal Ritter, one at Roosevelt High School. Our producer spoke this morning with Roosevelt Rough Riders team captain Alex Mugisha, and he explained why Coach Porter was in contact with the players through social media policy that he violated was because over the summer a bunch of teams was getting killed so he made a policy where we have to check up we have to call we have to call him or text him let him know that we're home safe and we're home at this time and he, he didn't want us being outside at, at late and he just wanted to know that we were safe so we didn't get in trouble we end up dying and we also spoke with Roosevelt wide receiver Malik Leggett and here's how he described the sort of social media interactions that he and coach Porter were having my interactions with him was like um, telling me about coaches and what should I do to further my 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 field in football because I'm I'm really not a, a big time football player. But he was I was getting a lot of views and looks from different coaches, you know, trying to see what I'm about. So he was he was getting me into more interactions with coaches and telling me who wants to talk and who, who wants to sit down with me. And he it was it was all about just football. That's Malik Leggett. Uh, David Creedall, is there any um, anything that suggests that anything inappropriate was going on on social media? None whatsoever. Okay. So nothing has come out alleging it was any other than the kind of contact these two players are describing. As, to the best of my knowledge, that that is exactly what has happened. Now, Alex and Malik were among a group of about a dozen Roosevelt students who walked out. They marched to the district headquarters in support of Coach Porter earlier this week. St. Louis Sixth Ward Alderwoman Christine Ingracia was there, and she told us yesterday that she wanted to make sure the young people were safe and that there were adult witnesses to whatever interactions they had. Here's what she had to say about the termination of Coach Porter. After kind of looking at all of the facts and talking to numerous stakeholders, what the policy that Coach Porter violated really um, is outdated and ambiguous, and his sort of transformation of not just the football team, but the entire student body um, at Roosevelt High School, and the fact that he is an extremely well-liked and important young black male role model for kids, um, should have, I think, outweighed this violation of social media policy. And I'm really disappointed that the decision was was made to terminate him instead of a lesser consequence. That's St. Louis Alderwoman Christine Ingracia. David, are you hearing um, similar sentiments from people? Well, I haven't found anyone who thinks it's a good idea to 
fire Coach Trey Porter. So we've got kind of a unanimous reaction here. That I, people, I mean, the, it goes without. I mean, like she said, like it was a violation. But there are ways to go about that that don't include complete termination, especially like we talked about. I mean, in these days and times in the city, it's really hard. And to take someone who is such an important model in the school. I mean, the kids talk about winning Wednesday. They would dress in business casual to make them feel good. I mean, he was hired. They had and he helped them break a 26 game losing streak on the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, they I mean, he's he's a boot heel guy. He coached at Malden. I mean, he so he's not from around these parts. But mm-hmm. he, when I've been talking to him, he just like. He is stunned at the things that the, these young men have to, these young men and women have to go through every day just to make it in this city. Mm-hmm. So coming from where he's coming from, like he played on a football team that had a booster club, that had support, that had the community behind it. He's looking around like these guys, like they painted their bleachers this summer. Like they, the team itself the had team, to paint the bleachers. They painted the bleachers. Jeez. I mean, they 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 raised funds to put in scoreboards and 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 uh, and clocks on the facility so it could be. Uh, eligible to host a postseason playoff game because last year Roosevelt, you know, in its the district format earned a home game in the playoffs, but because the facility wasn't up to state standard, they had to play it at Gateway STEM because that facility is up to standard. So, I mean, he's just been trying to, he's been working so hard to try and get these guys a piece of what he had growing up. And he is, I mean, he's a give you the shirt off your back kind of guy. Yeah, it seems like he's earned so much respect in his short time here. Um, now, Alex Mugisha, who is the team captain, he talked to our producer about his idea that he thinks Coach Porter is being targeted. For me, I feel like he's been targeted because it's just it's always been like this. Uh, since last year, I feel like we've been targeted because he's been asking for money for the school funding. We won the PHL last year. We still didn't get no funding. We do fundraisers every day to get our jerseys. And it's just like for... It's just like for us to do that, it's, it's just, it's tiring. We shouldn't have to go fundraise for everything that we're getting. The district should give us a little money. So I think him, Coach Porter, saying stuff like that, I feel like it was just like, ah, oh, we should, you know, basically target him. I'm not saying that it might be what it, they were doing, but that's just my feeling. That's my opinion about that situation. That's Alec Mugisha. He's or Alex Mugisha. He's basically saying that he thinks Coach Porter was was agitating that these conditions weren't good, and because he spoke up about that, the district may have been willing to get rid of him. Do you think there could be any truth to this idea? I do know Coach Porter is a squeaky wheel, yeah. and and he is not shy about about saying, "Geez, I think this isn't right. Please fix it." Hmm. Um, whether or not the district would be so short sighted. And, and to use that as a reason to axe him, I would like to think that wouldn't factor into it. But this is, it's 2019. There's a lot of things I wouldn't have thought a long time ago that, that yeah, are true. So, you make a good point there. <laughs> uh, we've got some callers who'd like to discuss the situation with us. Let's let's go to Rich calling from St. Louis. Rich, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, Sarah. My first time calling with you as the host. Well, thank you so much. We, we appreciate you phoning in. Um, what, what do you want to uh, say about the situation here? Well, um I think Coach Porter, uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. The man has gone above the call of duty, and he's being punished for it over a uh, what is really an innocuous uh, extracurricular activity. And I think that perhaps uh, over at Cardinal Ritter, they might think about giving him a job next year, <laughs> and that at Cardinal Ritter, uh, you know, they got rid of the, uh, the coaching staff, but... Uh, this has got to go a little bit higher, I think. I mean, the principal didn't know about this, and he's getting away with it. Um, Rich, thank you for that that call. David, do you think Rich is onto something here that more people at Cardinal Ritter should have known about this or did know about this? Well, I know Preston Thomas, the athletic director, um, 
he retired in the in the aftermath of of Friday's. This just happened. He's yes, on Friday he he, he retired. They gave. They, I, I get the impression that it was you can either step away or or we'll make you step away. But he he was part of the the um, the, the house cleaning, shall we call it, on on Friday. Uh, Carnival is a small school. I mean, it would be very hard for this not to be known in the halls with other people. Now, whether or not they were completely aware of exactly what it was or how long it had gone on, I do. I can't speak to any of that, but I do know it's a small school with a small community, and that I'm I'm sure other people know of this. Um, Karen is calling now from Baldwin. Karen, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Thanks for taking the call. But I'm not sure you addressed the issue Mr. Jackson's mother was raising. What I heard in her comments and in her voice was that she wants to know who circulated the email, who brought public attention to this issue, and who stands to benefit from Cardinal Ritter being knocked out of the season. It was their mistake, Mm -hmm. true enough, no excusing that. But who circulated it, and the community would say who dropped a dime on them, I mean, who ratted them out, and why, and who benefits from that? Karen, do you have a theory on, on who would benefit from this? Well, I logic would say uh, opposing teams, but, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm just saying that's that's something that's going to be addressed in, in other communities and 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 the Northside community. It's why pick on these kids? Yeah, because I feel I feel really bad for the kids. And so this is this is not something that we should really be jesting about in any way because it's so sad for those other students and for that team to, Did- to be hurt this way. Karen, thank you for that. Um, David, what do you think about what Karen's saying there? Well, I, I like I said, I, I didn't go looking for Bill Jackson. So, and I didn't know. I don't know who sent the email. I was given a screenshot of the email on. So you got on some Friday. sort of second or third hand yes, tip on this. I did, but yeah, it, it, I mean the the reason the. F- I went searching for the first player was this player had supposedly uh, been ejected from the preseason jamboree, mm-hmm. and. What happened was he and another player from another team both got ejected. Well, the player from the other team, he sat his first game, and social media from Cardinal Ritter's football team and whatnot showed that the player I was looking for from Cardinal Ritter was not ejected. So that school was, I believe rightfully so, very unhappy about that and Mm -hmm. and started to go through the channels and my assumption is that they, they weren't getting the result they were looking for, which is why it came to my doorstep. Okay, that makes sense. And I think, yeah, yeah, Karen's right to ask these questions. And it does seem like there are some people who logically wanted to push this. They had reason to feel that, that something wrong had happened here. Um, now, despite the sadness that some of the players at Roosevelt are feeling about the situation there, they did tell our producer they were encouraged by the solidarity that they saw on Monday morning during the walkout they organized. Here's how Alex put it. Us bringing the community together was something that we didn't even know was going to happen, and we made a we made history at Roosevelt High School. Nothing ever happened like that in the district or in the SLPS or even at Roosevelt High School. To see Roosevelt, a uh, Southside uh, Poverty School, come together like this, it was amazing for us to see that. But we had we wanted to talk to the district, and I said something about the funding of our school and how our, how our locker rooms looked, how the we got mold on the wall and the bathrooms we can't even use them, and now they coming in. After we said it, they're coming in and looking at it and thinking, they actually said something that they was going to do and they actually did it. So that's the only positive things that have happened other than bringing everybody together. 
Uh, that's Alec Mugisha of the Roosevelt uh, football team. David Quidall, the team seems to feel that this walkout is going to lead to better conditions for the school overall. Um, what do you think could come out of that situation there? Can we maybe see Coach Porter get his job back? Where do things stand? I reached out to Coach Porter this morning. He he didn't want to talk on the record, but he did say that, that there are things going on behind the scenes that, that you know, this could happen. It's not out of the possibility that Coach Porter could be reinstated. The school district seems to say they're open to reconsidering their decision. Uh, Dr. Adams has met with the students at least twice because when I was um, when word came out last week that he had been terminated, the students went up to you know to the main the district offices and, and had a meeting with him that day. And then my understanding is they had another meeting. Uh, they wouldn't let the media into any of those meetings because, you know, that's what they do. But um, everyone seems to think that there is a possibility. Whether or not Coach Porter would want to come back, I don't know. I mean, those yeah. are his boys, but he's been treated, I would imagine, he would feel very um, treated very poorly in this situation. And bigger picture, the players had theorized that he became a target because he complained about the terrible conditions there. Is anyone taking on this idea of this team is playing under just some impossible conditions here? Their facilities apparently are covered in mold. Well, Alex said that I haven't been in the locker room, but he did say there's mold in the locker room. He did say that the toilets haven't worked. I talked to Coach Porter about that. He said they put a work order in the beginning of the summer to get the toilets fixed and that the process, it didn't, it hadn't happened yet. Okay. Uh, but SLPS, I mean, it's, it's been really hard for their facilities. Uh, Gateway STEM is under construction currently. That is an, a synthetic uh, field. It's an artificial turf. They use it for a lot of things. Uh, a lot of the schools in, in town don't necessarily have athletic fields. Miller Career Academy has a football team and no football field. Hmm. They practice up at Beaumont. Um, Gateway STEM, because it doesn't have its field, has to go practice at Old Southwest, currently Cleveland High School. But there are lots of soccer games that need to be played. So hmm. Gateway STEM football team doesn't get to practice for more than maybe an hour some days because they have to get the, the soccer matches in. It's It's been a real mess of of a season for, for the SLPS student-athletes, which at the end of the day is really unfortunate for those kids who – well, are playing these games and, and doing these things for, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity. Because once you're out of high school, mm -hmm. you're not going to get to do this again. Right. And they're doing it in, in, in conditions that aren't necessarily what they should be. It seems like so much of this just goes back to some of the disparities within the greater St. Louis area. It's just it's kind of depressing to, to know that even this story about coaches being fired ends up coming back to that. Yeah. So David Quidall of STLToday.com and STLHighSchoolSports.com, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.